Hello, everyone, and welcome to That Makes Sense Podcast. This is Monica. This week, we are going to continue the series on addiction. So last Thursday, I shared a little bit of my backstory and how I um, battled with alcohol. I started drinking as a teenager when I was um, 13 years old and just having some fun, drinking on the weekends, <laughs> progressing into my 20s, still having some fun, hiding it a lot, not really drinking a whole lot in public because I had kids then, um, and not really drinking around them either, just basically living a double life. And then it progressed into my 30s, and when I wanted to quit, I couldn't. I um, had to face the fact that I had become an alcoholic and, um, wow, just could not go more than a day or two without it. And even that was hard, but those, those days that I did go without it gave me a glimpse into the freedom, um, which gave me a vision that was totally given from God. So I am here to tell that story. I believe sharing stories are powerful. I believe they can be impactful for other people to know that they can have freedom too. Um, And especially, man, if you're listening to this and you you keep a secret like I kept a secret and you have a whole other life to the side that's just become overwhelming and um, it's just out of control, listen, you are not alone. You're just not alone. And there is freedom for you. So I am, I'm going to start off first with just really talking about what is addiction. We can, you know, throw that word around so um, carelessly, really, like coffee, like, oh, I'm addicted to coffee. And yes, a lot of us are. (laughs) I do love my coffee when I come down in the mornings. I love to make it. I love to smell it. Um, It's soothing, and I definitely look forward to it. Could I go without it? I don't want to, but I could. I would be okay. Um, But when I just, when I look up the word addiction, um, it says, uh, I'm just looking at, like, I just searched Google, the fact or condition of being addicted to a particular substance, thing, or activity, and activity. I'm going to bring that out just a little bit too, because when I, um, man, when I gained my freedom from alcoholism, that's actually when I started drinking coffee. Now that I think of it, I started drinking coffee. I don't think I did immediately, but it was pretty quickly afterwards that coffee became really good to me and soothing. And it was just something for me to look forward to. Um, and activity. Then I started running a year or two after, and that consumed me a lot. But I mean, are those bad things? Are they really bad things? I mean, they can be. We don't want anything to master us. So I think just those types of addictions, we definitely just want to bring self-awareness and think about what we're doing with our day, what's leading us, and why is some of those things more important? Or basically, maybe we just ask the question, can I not do this today, and what does that feel like? So um, addiction, it's just being addicted to a substance thing or activity. Okay, so 
What does addiction look like? I shocked a lot of people. It's not that I look like anything special, but I lived a life like a person who you would never think was addicted, basically. I went to college, I graduated, I worked, I took care of my kids, I did, I just did normal things. So I, I think as a society, we may stereotype what an addict actually looks like. So I, knowing that I was one myself, I have a totally different outlook now. But maybe if you would have asked me before, I would have told you maybe they look like the person on the street corner that has on, um, you know, dirty clothes and just looks very poor. Um, I, I may have given those types of characteristics. I'm not really sure. But I do think that we that might come to mind first before we would think of the teacher in the classroom, the um, manager at a corporation, or the surgeon in the hospital, the nurses coming in and out of the patient's rooms, anybody. Because alcoholism is no respecter of persons. They, we just, it's unplanned. Nobody plans to become addicted to anything, um, to marijuana, to alcohol, to pills, to um, sex. There's so many things out there that um, we start and never planned to not be able to quit. My, I mean, my gosh, if I would have known when I was 13 years old that having a couple of beers in a truck with a couple of guys and a couple of girls or going to some parties on weekends and just having fun every now and then would eventually lead me to a life where it mastered me. I hope I would have said no, but who knows um, if you could have convinced me of that at 13 because the fact is I liked it. Beer was good. It tasted good going down my throat. I looked forward to the nice burn that it gave me and having a beer with a cigarette was even better. Um, in fact, I only smoked when I drank because that combination together was what was so appealing to me. It's something I looked forward to in the afternoon. It's something I knew I was going to do and it's something that I always planned. I manipulated my day to get it and I hit it pretty well, I would say. Maybe not as good as I think I did, um, but I do think that I hit it pretty well, which made me think that I had control over it. And for a while, I think I did. Um, But it was on that day when I wanted to quit that I actually realized I didn't have control at all. And that's how we're manipulated by addiction. For a while, it's doing something for us until it's not doing anything for us anymore and it's just taking over our lives. So that's what addiction is and that's what it can look like, all different kinds of people. So, you know, when I took my first drink, it became a game to me. It became a game of how can how can I get this every day and how can I hide it from people? And then When I couldn't stop, fear set down inside of my body. I remember being so afraid that I couldn't stop drinking. 
And I remember looking in the mirror so many times and crying because I could not quit drinking and I wanted to. I remember just praying to God, crying out to Him to help me and um, and just scared. I was just scared of who I was. And I could see myself not drinking. So let me tell you, if you are struggling in addiction, that's the number one thing I think that you need to do. First, you need to just cry out to God to help you. He is not waiting for you to become somebody else before he will help you. Number two, you have to vision yourself the way that you want to be, and you have to go towards that. It may not happen the next day. It may not happen the very next week. It may not happen the very next month, but you have to keep that vision of who you are striving to be, and then you have to do the things to get there. It's so important for us to have a vision. Um, I was thinking the other day of how the how fear and faith you know we've heard that we've heard the term uh, faith over fear when i think of faith i think of it's the substance of things we can't see i mean we can't see what's coming if we have faith we just we're believing for something to come and maybe we have an exact vision of it maybe we've planned for it um and fear on the other side it's also something that we cannot see we, we fear something we can't see. So they're so similar, um, but most of the time it seems like fear just seems easier to go to because the, if we go towards the fear, then that gives us the permission to stay exactly where we are. And just we're just too afraid, so we're just going to stay in this place Um, because this is our normal. This is what we're used to. Um, It's not so bad. I'm doing good. It's not affecting me at work. It's not affecting things around. I mean, we'll just make up all the excuses to stay exactly where we are, even though inside we are screaming for change. Our, our, Our spirit, your spirit is asking you kindly, please, this isn't your life. This is not supposed to be mastering you. This is not your purpose. This was not God's plan for you. And it's hard. Oh man, it's hard, especially when you have done something every day of your life for years and years and imagining you living your life without it. You start asking yourself questions. How am I going to cope? What kind of person am I going to be? Am I going to be a good friend? Am I going to have any friends? Am I going to be able to function in my job? What am I going to be look what am I going to look forward to on the weekend? What will I do when I'm hanging out with my friends? Especially if you've always done the thing that you do in social situations. It's just it is a whole new ball game, but I promise it's the best game you'll ever play. It's the best. Oh, if I you just It's just the best. It's worth it. Your life is worth it. Change is worth it. Growing is worth it. Pursuing change is worth it. So what if you don't see a change in a couple? What if in a couple of days or a couple of months, you just keep going? You just keep doing the things that will eventually bring change. And that's feeding your mind, moving your body, 
Start taking care of yourself until that happens. So I'm going to go to, I'm saying all, all of that of just feeding your body because I was asked to, um, to share my story in church. Um, I guess it's been probably about three years ago. And so I really talked about the flesh and the spirit and what that felt like to me and how, what I gave a vision of what it might look like if I was looking at it on the outside. So in Galatians 5.17, the Bible says, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And y'all, this is for anything. This is for changing the way we eat, changing the way we speak, changing the way we react, respond, how we show up for our day, how we show up to work, um, laziness, lying, stealing. It's so many things. I am talking about addiction, but all of those things are kind of addicting too, if you think about it. They're habits. It's what we do every day. And the, the flesh likes it because we're used to it. And it's easier to just keep doing what you want to do the way you've always done it, but it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good. And I, I can guarantee that if in your head right now, you are saying things to yourself or you have been that you are wanting to change, that is your spirit talking to you. That is you talking to you. That may be God talking to you if you have a relationship with him. And if it's for the good, then it's good, right? So in Galatians 5, 17, the flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. When I was standing up on the platform, when I talked at that church, I stood up there and I put both of my arms out in a T and I just acted like I was being pulled from left to right because that's what it felt like. I wanted to quit drinking and I wanted to quit smoking And I couldn't ask for help from anyone because no one really knew how bad it was. Um, So I just talked to God, but it was a battle. Oh, it was a battle, but y'all, he was fighting for me. Be still and the Lord will fight for you. And by being still, that definitely doesn't mean don't do anything. It means keep going, keep trusting, and God will fight for you. So for me, I was feeding my mind. I was I joined women's groups, and I think I, I shared this on the first podcast, but feeding your brain the things, the information of where you're wanting to go. And I was feeding my brain, my mind, the Bible, God's Word. And I was talking to Him, and I was listening to Christian music, and I was replacing my thoughts with God's thoughts. And that changed my whole world. This flesh that was pulling on me to want to keep drinking, I don't want to say that it got smaller because really what God did is He just took it from me one day. But I'll tell you, my des- my, the desire of my spirit got so big that eventually, if I just had like a picture of it and I could act it out, I would just say the spirit just stomped all over my flesh and 
and just threw it away, like just gone. As in God come in and said, listen, your time is over. She's not going to deal with you anymore. She's not going to listen to you craving alcohol or cigarettes. That's over. And then here comes the Holy Spirit. And my life was changed and my mind was renewed. And so what goes on in our brain there when all of that is taking place? I am so intrigued by dopamine. So I'm going to just kind of explain it in, a, in the most simple way. And um, if you have more knowledge of this, then you may be like, uh, yeah, that wasn't a very good explanation. But here's the way I look at it. Our, our body produces dopamine. Dopamine directly influences our cognitive level, our behavior functions in the body. Um, it has a direct impact on the way we move our bodies, how our blood flows, and we know it is the the um, the hormone that releases reward and re- reinforcement. Um, it has a direct impact on our thoughts and our emotion, or yeah, our emotions, and our memory and ability to focus, our mood, all of those things. So when we start drinking or we start um, a drug, whether it's smoking pot, drinking alcohol, um, smoking cigarettes, whatever that may be, the dopamine, the more we consume that, the more our brain starts to remember that. So it's like your brain says, oh yeah, I remember yesterday when you smoked a joint um, and drank a couple of beers. And you, and you did it the day before too, and the day before that, and the day before that. I like that. Can you give me that feeling again? And so we go back and we continue to feed our brain, um, feed our bodies this drug. And eventually, our body, our brain is like, oh, well, the drug is doing fine at, uh, on its own to release the feel-good hormone of dopamine. So... The body then kind of just settles back a little bit and stops producing on its own. Then, since your body is taking a little bit of a break, not producing as much dopamine, your flesh, your body, your brain, your thoughts, all of it, your all of all of you starts like, I need that because I need dopamine released so that I can feel good. And that's what happens in our brains. And it is a terrible feeling. I, um, I don't know what being addicted to heroin feels like or cocaine or methamphetamine. I mean, I don't know that. But I do know how hard it is when you're trying to quit something that you really want to quit. And I know how frustrating it is when people on the outside um, tell you to just quit. Like, okay, okay, person who's never been addicted before. Okay, person who also um, drinks and does other things, but, you know, you just, maybe it wasn't in your genes, or maybe you had a different upbringing, or maybe you just had a whole different experience than I did, and you didn't get addicted like I did. It's very frustrating. Those things were never said to me, because like I said, I didn't really share a whole lot, but... um, it is frustrating when you know in your heart and your mind that you actually don't want to be that person anymore. But I just want to remind you 
there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So are you in Christ Jesus? And what does that mean? It just means, have you said, Jesus, help me come into my heart and I want to, I want your Holy Spirit to live inside of me and I need your help and cry to him, cry it out as long as you have to. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that means he is not the one. God is not the one saying, you need to stop drinking before you come to me. I'm so disappointed in you. You should be ashamed. He is not saying that. That's what people say. Um, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Jesus from the law of sin and death. So once the Holy Spirit comes into you, into your body, you're set free and you're no longer bound to condemnation. Now, it's a little confusing because you think, okay, I've received the Spirit. I should be free now. I shouldn't struggle with addiction. I shouldn't, um, I should have a whole new life now. And it comes and you will. It's a whole new mindset. But like with anything, we have to stay consistent. We have to get to know who God is. Um, I was telling a friend earlier tonight, I had, we had dinner and I was telling her, you know, on some days I don't, I, it's actually, it's just been a long time that I have felt the presence of God, the way that I felt him um, in the same way that I felt him, I guess you could say 10 years ago. It doesn't mean I don't feel his presence incredibly in my life now, but it was very different in the beginning because he was new. He was, it, he was new in my life and, oh, wow. I just felt the love and peace and joy and everything about him inside of me. It was an overwhelming baptism of my spirit. It was just incredible. Um, I'm so grateful when that happens for you, you will not know God very well. If you've never really known him and you've just believed in him because believing in God and knowing God, two different things. But once you start to know him, I was telling her, you know, now on days when I get up, I just, I talk to God. Um, he's just such a good friend to me. So maybe just like when we meet someone new, maybe I don't feel the same type of feeling, but it's still an overwhelming feeling that I have each morning when I get up because he is my best friend. He is literally my best friend. Um, and getting to know him is reading the Bible and talking to him like a friend, just like you would a friend and believing that he's listening so I, um, I hope this helps you today just to have a better idea of what your brain is actually doing and why you are still craving it, even though you want to stop. Y'all, it takes discipline. It takes courage. It takes bravery. And I know that you have all of those things. You do. Go back to when you were a kid, maybe, and just Create a vision for yourself of who you want to be and start doing things to get to that place, no matter what it takes. Get there. And it looks different for everyone. And it always will because our journeys are all different. We're all unique. But you are worth 
the freedom. You are worth the freedom that Jesus died to have for you on the cross. And he loves you so much and he wants you to have his joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are amazing things to bear. And it is still not the easy life once you go, once you go with Christ. It's just not. Um, but it's a, it can be a fruitful life. And it's a learning process about who you are. And I think you're really going to love yourself. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode and um, I'll talk with you next week. Have the best upcoming weekend.